this show is about sex. So if you aren't supposed to listen, please don't. Honestly, I've been talking about sex since I knew what it was. Like, I made yeah. a dirty joke when I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> Downhill from there. <laughs> right? Or uphill, depending. Or yeah, up and down, maybe. up and down, up and down, right. up and down. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's a good morning already. Oh my god, you guys. This show is so rich and juicy. My guest, Nanette Minley, is a badass, brilliant woman, and we cover a lot of ground in this hour. Nanette Minley is an erotic healer who guides visionary creators and magical folks through reclaiming their relationship with their body and sexual expression. She is on a mission to eradicate shame from sexual wellness and create a deeper understanding of the energetics of intimacy. Her website is Thick Milf Batty, and if you are listening to this close to when it is published, go check out the intensive program she is running starting Sunday the 12th, Own Your Orgasm, which I will link to in the show notes. But if you are listening later than that, it's okay, because this is really, really good. And her website is T-H-I-C-K-M-I-L-F-B-A-D-D-I-E. Com. I truly enjoyed having and editing this conversation, although the last part was a bit tough. We talked for nearly two hours, and so much of it was so good. If you would like to hear the mostly uncut version of our chat, as well as all the other shows I do, you can become a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash whatexcitesus, and you'll get all access to all of the episodes. Because the show is adult in nature, you can't search for it inside of Patreon. You have to type the direct link, which is patreon.com slash whatexcitesus. Speaking of which, I would like to thank Francesca for recently becoming a member. Thank you so much. It is such a boost, and it helps me to know that creating the podcast is a good thing to do. If you would like to reassure me too, please go to patreon.com slash whatexcitesus. Couple more things about this episode. It was my first interview in a very, very long time, and I hadn't yet remembered some important things. Things like not interrupting the guest, and checking levels before you start, and introducing my guest on the microphone. Tried to fix most of it, but please cut me some slack for the rest. Also, as a little bit of context for you, Nanette and I have never chatted in real time before, and we were driving so well that at times we got very excited, which makes sense for this show, doesn't it? Anyway, you'll get to hear all of that right after this. This episode of What Excites Us is brought to you by me. I'm Gwyn Isaacs, and besides being your podcast host, I'm a certified sex coach and educator. And right now, I have some openings for text-based clients. I love coaching over email and text. 
It allows you to be open and vulnerable in ways that may feel too difficult in person, which lets us tackle the concerns you have at your own pace. Very few of us were taught how to have sex. Most of us are feeling our way through the dark, hoping we get it right. I can help you build skills in the bedroom and navigate your intimate relationships. I have two ways you can sign up to start texting with me right away. When you go to earthlydesire.com slash coaching, you will find a weekly subscription for daily correspondence and a way to schedule a live one-hour text chat. Visit earthlydesire.com to start on your path of more pleasure today. You deserve it. Hey friends, I'm Leah Carey, inviting you to listen to Good Girls Talk About Sex, where I interview everyday women about their sex lives. You know, I want to be like pushed against the wall, like in the movies. This feels good, but do I look fat? That always turned me on, but I don't think I've admitted that to my husband. Have sex with women. (laughs) Highly recommend. Good Girls Talk About Sex is here to remind you, you're not alone and your desires are completely normal. Listen in your favorite podcast app today. I've changed niches so many times and suddenly here we are adjacent now. So like, that's very cool. I like that. Fucking Um, love it. I think that's fantastic. When I I first met you, you, I mean, you've always talked about sex, but like. It's true. (laughs) I I didn't even think I was allowed to talk about sex the way you were talking about sex. So it was that's why I'm excited to talk to you. I'm like, you had as much to do with my journey as you know anyone else that like really stood in their values for that kind of thing and that really helped me be bolder so i'm completely and totally verklempt by that thank you (laughs) yeah no it's like one of those things that you never know who's watching you never know when the work that you're doing is going to mean something to somebody else there's no timeline for how that works it's just um how it works a lot of my um work around sexual healing has been specifically like decolonizing and destigmatizing and de like um the the dogma from religious you know upbringings and stuff like that it's a lot of the work that i focus on it's like why are you even ashamed of that do you even know why do you even know and they don't they don't it's just like all societal like baked in and people don't even realize why they feel the way they feel totally tell me more about that what is it like helping somebody else through that yeah so when people do come to me for sexual healing the main thing that i see is them not understanding their feelings they're looking at it in such a way like I know it's okay to wear a tank top or a crop top or I know it's okay to get like you know more like more promiscuous more comfortable with my body I know that intellectually but I'm having a hard time really moving in it and I say there's a there's probably some energy tied to some beliefs that you didn't even really fully consciously adopt you just adopted it by proxy, by default, through society, through the way you were raised. So I ask a lot of questions about how they viewed people who they perceived as promiscuous or sexual in their childhood and, and what stories they were told about that person. And, you know, what was like, I asked them about the first time they remember being turned on. How did they feel after? I help, I just ask a lot about that kind of thing. And it helps them realize that the shame is programmed 
the shame is not inherent. The shame is taught and, and, and maintained and it doesn't need to be. If you realize that the shame is anchored in religious beliefs that you no longer you know align with then it is a lot easier to be like well fuck it i'm gonna wear what i want or do what i want but people aren't diving deep enough they're just still be like oh well i shouldn't and society will support you society will support you in your modesty society will support you because that's where it came from (laughs) it's like an echo chamber you're like oh see like people will judge me if i do it and i was like people will judge you because they would judge themselves because someone told them they should judge you but if everyone didn't get that program we wouldn't judge each other we wouldn't do it you know what i mean and it, and you have to just realize that that's like a in like a ingrained and taught you know worldview and so i help people kind of distinguish their actual worldview from the one that they were handed it's true we integrate all of these things and we have no idea where they come yeah. from you know, and they're everywhere, even even people with really liberal upbringings who yeah. can talk with their parents. If you walk outside and you see a billboard or on television or in your magazines or we're all over the fucking internet, it's everywhere. Yeah, my favorite, actually very relevant. I drive down this freeway all the time and there's a big billboard that says, shackled by lust, Jesus is the answer, right? So it's a lot of like, Hey, you're feeling, I know, right? I know, right? I'm all, first of all, I enjoy being shackled, so back up. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, who said I'm looking for a solution? You know what I mean? If you enjoy being shackled, get shackled. If you enjoy being shackled, get shackled. Don't demonize yourself or villainize yourself for wanting that in the first place. Especially when we understand that a lot of these like desires are primal. They are not logical. They are not, you know, even cognitive. They are just like deeper in you than your mind. And most people get really freaked out by that because their sense of identity is purely intellectual, not primal. They don't know their primal self. So when they get this primal, they're like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Put that away. You know what I mean? Especially if it's odd especially if it's like, man, with my mom, right? Like that's crazy to, you know, in society. But if you stop and pause and say, okay, like you said, do you really want to, or do you just want some of the, ex- the experiences that you maybe associate together? Like, like the warmth and like the, the, the feeling nurtured and taken care of aspect of it, right? Like, what is it about it that you actually want? And then give it to yourself and then give it to yourself that part. Like, you know that's what i'd help people do (laughs) and i love that you're calling this like what excite you know talking about exciting yourself because like when you look at the word like it's to bring to life like arouse like wake up like live like fucking live you know what i mean and i love that like i love that that's exactly it that's it i want people to figure out what excites them because so many of us are just completely shut down like you were talking about with cultural you know, and propaganda and the nonsense, like we have no idea even how to tune into what excites us. And so by offering- This is what should excite you versus this is what should, this is another reason why the body positivity movement has like, you know, done what is done all over. Finally, people are admitting to themselves that they like curves, that they like, you know, love handles, they like my body. 
you know, what I thought I grew up thinking no one liked my body. Oh my God. I grew up thinking, don't jiggle. Don't jiggle. Just don't jiggle. And now people pay to watch me jiggle. And I'm like, yeah, I figured it out. I figured it out. I don't care what anyone else has to say at this point. Like the one thing that I thought made me gross was actually the thing that everybody wanted to see more of. And like, that's the biggest, like for me, anecdote to remember when people are feeling like, you know, there's no way that people find me attractive or like whatever they're feeling disconnected from like their sexiness. I'm like, yo, I lived my entire life thinking people were repulsed by my jiggle only to find out, only to find out after finally leaving my marriage and starting to make content and all of that stuff that people go nuts for it and they love it. And they've been wanting to tell me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, that's why I'm so passionate about this because I like wasted so much time hating myself. For what? Tell me about it. For what? They, they love the jiggle. They love the jiggle. And that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so you have done a bunch of niches when I think when we connected, you were working with just helping people market themselves and, and yeah. tuning into themselves, which mm -hmm. I can totally see the progression of how you got to I where you are. That. Now. I appreciate that. Sometimes I feel a little too enigmatic and people are like, I don't get how it connects, you know, but to me, it's all literally I'm passionate about connection and like authentically living your life and not in the cheesy, you know, soft, conscious living way, but more like, fuck when you feel like it, fuck how you want to, if you can't access what you want sexually, then that's the tip of the iceberg. And there's a whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff for you to explore in yourself. If you can't tell me what turns you on, if you can't tell me what your like sexual preferences or in anything of that nature, that to me is a big like, you know, it's pointing to the fact that you probably don't know what you want in a lot of other places. And that is a to me a big waste of life. Like live, like make yourself happy. Like who else is gonna do it? So, so walk, walk us through how you started helping people marketing, mm -hmm. which again, I totally see the connection to how you're helping people find themselves sexually. Yeah. So when I was talking about marketing, I, I went through a couple of different niches within my marketing world. I started with like artists, creators and stuff like that. Then I worked with coaches. And then I went really hard into like working with spiritual healers. And that kind of brings me into what I would like to talk about today, which is sexual healing, like sex magic specifically for healers, people who do work in the intuitive space. So my journey to kind of catch everyone up is I connected with the power of consciously creating your life. Like I loved artists because they create. I loved coaches because they work around like, hey, change your life, right? But I, above all, I see the sacredness of conscious creation and how beneficial it can be for people to walk that kind of path for themselves. Um, and so I, because all, all the clients I've helped and all the different people who have hired me, I have learned so much from my clients, um, including things in this topic, including things about sexuality and all of that stuff. And so 
when I was working with intuitives, I started to realize that there was kind of a, a problem in the industry um, where healing is highly intellectualized. The concept of healing is like so mental, so um, inaccessible for people who are not like philosophers, um, who people, people who are not, you know, who don't enjoy, enjoy the mental spelunking like you and I would. Right. So it's hard because it's just people who are just talking back and forth and back and forth about the same few things. And the healing was only going to a certain depth because it was intellectual. So that's like really the, the problem that I was seeing is like, I have all of these people who are uh, stuck on this, like, merry-go-round of healers where they're just going and they constantly feel broken and they constantly feel like there's more healing to do because it's not deep enough it's not going into their primal nature it's not going into their body it's not going into their sex it's not going into their they're not even connecting it with their sex it's so far removed and it's like yo your sex is your life force your sex is your uh, your connection with creative energy as a concept right like if the separation is is a big deal to me right and um so in the moments that i would feel disconnected i would see how it manifests for myself because i pay attention to that kind of thing and it became so clear to me how people are so disconnected from the expression of it from from even playing in that energy uh, from even i put a post up where i was like would you rather have a five minute quickie or a five-hour argument with people and so many people are like i can't fuck when i'm mad. like i can't even do it i can't go into a quickie when i'm at and i'm like all right that's fine that's fine but like if you had a process to connect with your partner and said look i'm feeling all kinds of weight right now i kind of want to chop your head off i think i will feel better after an orgasm can we, tr you know, can we try it out? If you can meet your partner there, no matter the situation or circumstances or whatever, even if you're mad at them, especially if you're mad at them, right? If you can meet your partner there, then you can get the energy moved through. And that way, when you're communicating, you're doing it consciously, you're actually solving the problem, not just shifting blame, not just venting. You're actually moving towards a solution with your partner and there's no damage done of like all the things that you say when you're worked up because it's needing to go somewhere, that stuff can't be said. It can't, Those, that, that damage is done, that impact is made. And so like, to me, I feel a lot of people are destroying their relationships by being verbally like, you know, venting like that instead of centering themselves first, however they're gonna do it. I think sex is a great way to do it because it builds connection, it builds a bridge. Um, and even if you just go to like, take care of yourself, it builds a connection within yourself. You know what I mean? Like you just need to connect to something so that there's a way for that energy to come out without burning everything down. So that's kind of my journey. Like I walked through all of that stuff. And so I started helping with people um, with like their, their sex, their relationships and stuff like that at the end of last year. Um, and that has been so fascinating. I, I have had an opportunity to witness so many different little moments like interactions between couples specifically when i do the couples like in person retreats watching how the communication is going back and forth and and then saying it back to them like oh did you notice the body language when you said that like just helping people become more aware of how their impact of like 
where their how their their language and how their communication is actually affecting the dynamic of the relationship and channeling a lot of the healing into sex so that it can be primal <laughs> so that it can be you know physically engaging and not just intellectual and so that you can actually heal together like in community so that's my spiel that's amazing um <laughs> the world is happy to have you we're honored um how how did you settle on okay so i wrote it down so i wouldn't forget sexual healing for energy workers how mm -hmm. did you settle on specifically wanting to work with people who are working with energy that's a great question i love that question so i feel that you know um and if anyone has been following me for any amount of time, I've always been talking to healers, like for a long time, I've always been talking to the people who feel um, resonance with being in this world and not of it, being here to create a new paradigm, to move things forward, right, to evolve the species, very much been speaking to that crowd for a long time. But I really, I really wanted to focus on this because healers are stuck in that merry-go-round that I said, that merry-go-round that people are sucking, healers are there too. The only people who are hiring healers right now are other healers who are just circling back through each other, which is fine. I'm not judging any of it, but, but I feel that healers who are not using their entire being are massively like burning out their intellectual capacities because they're only using their brain to, to do healing work. When, healing work channeled through the entire body would be way more effective. They'd be able to regulate their own nervous system in a better way. Right. And I, and I'm actually like really passionate about this because there's so many people who would be powerful healers if they would actually do their sexual healing work with themselves, um, who, who would step into a boldness, who would step into confidence, who would step into like really truly their creative life force energy so that they can go guns blazing. And that's where it comes back to marketing because a lot of people weren't marketing their healing business because they weren't really fully connected with it. And they're just doing it like they're, they're operating on a willpower that's intellectual rather than oriented in the fucking gut. And that is what I'm trying to change or, 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 or work towards is you can use all of you. You can use all of you and you will feel better resourced and you will feel like you have way more stamina and you will be able to move the energy through you so that you're not creating weird codependent weirdness with your client, which we've seen many times in the industry, too many times. So like you're, if you're using your body to regulate your energy, which is another version of, you know, what I'm saying, AKA sexual healing is all just using your entire body to regulate. Um, then you're not, you know, you know, you're not like cutting yourself off from your own power. And then you're able to do your work longer, better, faster, more efficiently. So tell me about the program you're putting together. Yeah. So the, the program is, is basically sex magic for healers. Um, and I'm going to focus on empaths too. Like I'm putting empaths in with this because it's the same thing in that, in that stage is being able to use your whole body to hold space for your emotions, 
using your whole body to hold space for your emotions is how you survive as an empath. So many people have as an, and as a healer too. Um, so many people have like pushed people away or attracted people who are numb or, or emotionally unavailable or whatever, because their big feelings are too much. The big feelings are too much for the empaths and for the disembodied healers. It's just no drama. Right. But the thing is that in order for you to really like get into the nitty gritty of healing work and even with like your own life, your own healing work, you need to be able to hold space for big feelings. You need to be able to put your feet on the ground and say, I'm fucking raging right now and be there. Don't dissociate. Don't go somewhere else. If people are not, you know, using their whole body to regulate these emotions, then what happens is they're creating like a short tank, like a small tank for themselves. So they're having to replenish all the time. They're having to like put themselves back together all the time. And they're not, they're not anchored deep enough. So the sex magic is going to facilitate that connection with yourself, like help you feel like, okay, I don't have to hold all of these emotions in just my head or just my heart, you know, however you're looking at it. I can put this anger in my feet. I can put this sadness in my legs. <laughs> I can use all of me to move through it. And then you start to become you know, you're less reactive, less emotionally reactive, less, um, you know, moved by things and not in a stoic way, though. That's the thing. I'm I'm (laughs) anti-stoicism. It's like the same, but different because I want you to be there and be unaffected, but in it be like, it shouldn't drive you to react is my point. Like you should feel it without reacting it. So I'm going to help people work up to that with their own body. Like it's all solo play in that one, but I am working eventually on some other courses. That'll be like multiple people involved and stuff like that. But this first one is for people who understand that their body is magic, that their body has the capacity to support them in their healing and in their own personal healing and healing with others. And they want to harness the power of the body in it, it to increase their effect, like their effectiveness and their power as a healer. So, so you want to teach people how to be a conduit as opposed to just letting something hit you and not knowing how to cope with it. Is that, yeah. am I getting that? Yeah. Yeah. Like a conduit and more specifically, like being able to stand in the center of of a very difficult situation and be able to hold space for yourself so that you, so that the repercussions of that don't get worse. Right. So if, if you have a tough situation and you can't hold space for yourself, then what happens is a, like a chain reaction of just shitty shittiness, right? You freak out. There's, if someone reacts to you, you react to them. You're just like, right. It takes you off your center. So I want people to be able to pause. (laughs) just pause and be like all right I'm not going to use my voice or my body or whatever to vent this out for a second I'm going to feel it it's my thing to feel and then I'll be able to hold space for a solution after I hold space for the feelings that are coming up in response to the problem right because we're just so 
wired to dissociate even at the beginning you're talking about people don't have like really a, a an attention span and that's truly because we live our life avoiding negative feelings all the time even boredom we avoid boredom we avoid discomfort in any capacity we just avoid 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 and we can there's constant noise or somewhere else to look there's something better to watch there's something better to feel right but we do ourselves a disservice because we're not you know training our body and our nervous system to be able to handle the emotions and for people who are highly sensitive like intuitives and healers and empaths this is a big problem because what would be our greatest power which is feeling right the if you're an intuitive your greatest power is feeling and if you're not using your whole body to feel then you're kind of like doing yourself a disservice and it's an unsustainable way to go because you're not sustaining literally you're not sustaining yourself like that that is something that i've seen from you from the beginning is that you you tend to want to work with people who are behind the scenes per sort of because mm -hmm. you want them to go out and do bigger work in the world and yeah a lot of people are you know unconsciously hiding or just kind of not really moving with the conviction and sometimes that can sound a little harsh you know what i mean um because i'm like you know get off your ass kind of person but where it comes from for me is that i know that the person i'm talking to is going to feel such a sense of fulfillment such a such a delicious ownership over their experience and that's what drives me is like everything you want to do is possible the things that you want to do are possible you just have to do the work in the middle and this is the work in the middle the work that everyone wants to avoid the 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 scary tense awkward you don't want to talk to anyone about it there's probably trauma there you know statistically speaking right and all of that is it's a mess i get it like i get that it's a mess but you got you that's my point you got you if you learn how to hold space for yourself even in the middle of triggers and i can talk about that i can talk about that i have severe sexual trauma like not just little like severe multiple occurrences i've worked through so so much and I still get triggered and I still have moments and I know what to do, I have a process. So I've really come at this from so many angles. I've, I feel so strongly that if people are willing to just sit with their emotions for a little bit at a time, it'll get easier and easier. They'll be able to better resource themselves. They'll stop exporting the responsibility of their happiness to their partners which will create a better relationship, which will allow them to do the work that they're here to do, you know? And if those things go unchecked, if you're, if you know, you're, you're the things that need healing, they go unchecked, then it always shows up and you can't ever really outrun it. And it just um, keeps getting bigger and more compounded over time if you don't look at it. So I'm like, let's just look, it's okay. You know, and I thought to myself, if I open that can, I might not be able to shut it. That's what I would tell myself when I would feel the call to go do some sexual healing, like especially 2016. I was like, oh, I'm feeling it. 2017, I had a Kundalini awakening, didn't know what it was and what was happening. I was like, suddenly I got, I just got all the time. Like it was working right through that. Um, and then also at the end of my marriage, my husband had no desire to none 
I didn't fuck for like two years oh while God. I was having my Kundalini awakening. So like, <laughs> can't surprise me. Can't surprise me is my point. Like I've come at this from so many different angles and the people that I've worked with already are like showing, they can definitively state, I want this, I don't want this in bed or otherwise. You know what I mean? And that's what I, that's what the beginning of it all is, is knowing what you want, being able to listen to yourself and say, oh, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. And learning to advocate for yourself. Those are all steps in this journey as well. And really important ones. So, so when you work with people one-on-one -on -one, or maybe even in the groups that you create, do you help them identify their own processes for how to deal with their trauma when they get triggered? Yes, yes. I help them by first helping them identify when it's coming. That's like the first mm -hmm. thing. So like whenever they they tell me what's up, you know, something happened or whatever, I'm like, all right, let's stop, go back. Let's transport time travel. What was going on right before this? And then right before that. And we start to like notice patterns. Had Did you eat that day? A lot of times we get triggered because we haven't ate or we've had too much coffee and too little food or there's a lot of different things. And this is why I ask these questions because sometimes people will make up these whole stories about their partners being the worst. And I'm like, you were just hungry. You were just hungry. And then it got out of control. It spiraled in a whole crazy direction, right? So we help people figure out like, okay, if you're feeling this way, here are some things that, that you know help you, right? What helps you feel better? What gives you some reprieve? Even if it doesn't make sense. You know, we do a lot of dance parties, but sometimes it's not a dance party. Sometimes you roll yourself in a fucking blanket and smoke a joint and that's it. I love that. One of the things that I wrote down while you were talking was use body equals sexual healing. And I love the way that you brought in food and sleep and, you know, yeah. just feeling in your senses. body, you know, just the knowing. senses. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love working with the senses. I think that honestly, before I really was talking about sex, I was talking about sensual. And, and I went and I kept talking about sex because the taboo was actually the point, right? The taboo is the point, the fact, you know, it's all ironic, you get it. But really, the sensual is a, pr a perfect predecessor to that because you become aware of the sensations you're feeling. And like, most people are so numb, that they don't even realize how numb they are. It's like, do you see how green the trees are? Do you smell that? They're like, no, I don't smell anything. Well, no, like smell, taste, feel. Like we have these senses and especially for healers, like I were talking about earlier, they're so obsessed with developing their intuitive senses. And I'm like, what's that taste like? They can't tell me, they can't describe it to me. And I think that that's why people who are sensual do find each other and we're just like yay because i know that when you eat i don't know a burger you're really tasting it and i get to watch you really taste it and and react and and dance and smile and all of that stuff and it's like that's how you know the person in front of you is truly in the moment when they are actually connecting with their senses in the moment in front of you and you get to witness it and i love that i love watching people geek out I get emotional when I see people like fully enjoying their experience. And to me, like, what else is the point? Like if you're here on this planet with so many resources and so many colors and so many smells and so many tastes and so many everything, and you don't even taste the delicious food that you're eating, you don't savor it. You don't make a point 
to notice, then you're wasting it. And I can't, I can't relate. I just can't relate <laughs> to, to, to choosing that way. You know what I mean? Like, and consciously choosing that way. A lot of people are unconsciously doing it, which is why I make such a big stink about it. But um, when you're consciously choosing that, I'm all, I don't know. We can't, we have nothing to get talk about. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I, you are not my person. I, I, yeah, I, if I, you I, can't <laughs> cry while eating pancakes, then get out of here. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, they're delicious. You got to be there. You know, they're warm. And, oh, you know what I mean? So I wanted to talk to you about sex magic. You keep saying sex magic. And I want to know, I mean, I have my definition and mm -hmm. certainly, you know, uh, Alistair Crowley had a definition, but yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is what most people think of, uh, mm -hmm. unfortunately, but what, tell me about, tell me about sex magic. Yes. Yeah, so that's a great question. I separate it for now into two major categories. So there's sex magic, which is like sexual energy work for yourself. And then there's sex magic, like manifesting, like creating with the orgasm and spell. And that's like the more popularized one, um, which I will talk about too. But the, the first one, which is just doing sexual energy work is starting to um, tap into the fact that like the sacral, like I, I work with the chakra system. So I'll start with that. And the sacral chakra does govern not only reproductive, you know, sex and all of that stuff, but also creativity and creative expression. And like, I'm a big etymology nerd. Okay. So sacral connects to sacred and, um, and, the, and it's literally the seat of the spine. Um, I'm a, and I personally think that a lot of people um, can heal themselves through orgasm. There's a lot of research that that states this, not just emotional, you know, and spiritual healing, but also physiologically uh, regulating your nervous system through orgasm. So there's actually studies that show that people with their spines severed, like their spinal column severed, can still experience a sensation of orgasm through the vagus nerve or the vagus nerve, depending on how you pronounce it. And so the vagus nerve is also what controls your nervous system and tells it to switch off between you know, parasympathetic and sympathetic, you know, one being the stress response to a incident and the other one being a relaxation or di digestion. Right. And so when you experience a lot of trauma as a child, uh, or in other words, complex trauma, repeated, repeated, repeated trauma, then what happens is that you're constantly being shoved into the reaction nervous system. The one that tells you run, you know, fight, you know, like, you know, the fight or flight response, all of that stuff, but there's other ones and we'll go there later. But that's that nervous system being constantly activated has repercussions. There's physiological repercussions to that, to the point where the, the, the switch between the fight and flight side of your nervous system and the rest and digest side of your nervous system can be choppy or drop. So you will experience this um, or if you've experienced this, it's like almost like if you, if you, you can run up the stairs, but then when you get to the top of the stairs, you're going to collapse. You know what I mean? And so you have the energy that you need to like get yourself out of an immediate situation. But if you, when you are switching into that rest and digest nervous system, it, it doesn't happen smoothly. <laughs> it happens in a you know crazy way. And so I believe that using orgasms to connect with your, with your nervous system and actually regulate yourself um, is physiologically healing on top of spiritually and emotionally healing. 
So that's where sex magic comes from. I had, like I said, severe complex trauma and was experiencing exactly what I said, where I would pass out in the shower. I would like use all my energy to get into the shower and then like go down. Um, and I was having chronic fatigue issues because of it. And I haven't really experienced that um, to that degree anyway, since doing this work on a regular basis. Um, because I'm feeling better rested, well, more well resourced. I can, I can regulate my nervous system um, consciously. You know, I can put myself, like I said, I took a shower. I know what I need to do to take care of myself now. But um, that was learned. And that was what this work was. So, okay. So people, yeah. are, <laughs> there's so much here. I like, I'm trying to tease it out. Um, so when people hear the term sex magic, most of all, first of all, a lot of people have no idea what that even is. And you talked about two different prongs of it. You talked about mm -hmm. learning how to regulate um, through your chakras and your yep. vagus nerve. I say mm -hmm. vagus. <laughs> That's also because yeah, I, I grew Vegas up in Las Vegas, so yeah, it, it all sort of like fits. That. So, and then the other prong is manifesting through orgasms. Mm -hmm. I actually more, more recently been playing a lot more with this. <laughs> and, um, but the first big time, okay, the first big time was actually when I moved out of my marriage home, okay? I knew I had to leave. I was like, I got to go. So I did a spell. I was like doing it consciously to manifest a certain amount of money. And I got the exact amount within 24 hours paid in full. And so after that, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. But then I started playing with it. And, 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 and I started playing with it with my partner and by myself, um, where we would work on, on visualizing it. And so the way that it works you know, in, in the most like straightforward explanation is that you are creating a projection in your mind of what it would be like, what it would feel like, what it would taste like, what it, like, just like manifesting, right? What it would, you know, what would the whole experience kind of be? You put yourself in that experience. So it's almost like you're building a scene and then you step into the scene, right? And when you're in the scene, um, is normally when you start to like move the energy to get there, right? So let's say you're manifesting something that's just like really far off from where you're at. Like, let's say you're living in like a shitty apartment and you're trying to manifest a mansion or something like that. You know, the experience of stepping into that vibration um, is automatically like uplifting, right? But when you start to bring in the sexual energy and the sensual energy, you start to really imagine what would it, not just what would it be like to live in this mansion, but what would it be like to fuck in this mansion? Is the, right? So I put my, like the sex that we're having at that time in the space where I want to have it, right? And then it just depends on what you're trying to manifest and how that would work out for you. But that is essentially how it works. And then when you're approaching orgasm, um, you're really pulling, you're like pulling up all your energy from your body. Like you're kind of, right? And then blasting it out through your orgasm as like a spell. So there, some people prefer to do what is called edging, which is like bringing themselves almost to, well, you know, I know you know, but bringing themselves almost to orgasm and then pausing and, you know, and, and building up the energy that way, which is totally fine, but you don't have to do it that way. You can do it quickly and it still be effective. 
Um, so I just had to say that disclaimer because sometimes people are really dogmatic about that, which is ironic. So yeah, yeah, that's that's essentially how it works. And it's better like if you're doing it with a partner that everybody is aware and involved and has consented to using their life force in this capacity. That's very important. We don't do that secretly without telling our partner because that's not okay. Um, and most of the time they'd be on board anyway. You know what I mean? Even if they don't fully believe in it, most people will be like, all right, like I'll visualize uh, with you. So it's cool. But the beauty of it is if once you start to do this, especially with a partner um, and you start to see the things happen, you know, it only builds that connection and builds that the expectation of magic is just dope. You know what I mean? So you start to really work with reality in that way and work differently because now you start to find other ways to do upward mobility in your life and to improve your life. Not just like, it's not just working harder, but also now you have like this other way of getting there and it feels good to get there. So that's the other benefit. <laughs> but yeah, that's essentially the two branches of sex magic that I really, you know, focus on self-healing and then manifesting and creating. And I, I shy word from the word, I shy away from the word manifesting just because of the you know, vending machine energy with it now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you just got to want it and then you're going to get it. And it's like, no, you have to become the person that gets it. And you become the person by, that gets it by healing and by growing and by stretching yourself. It's not, you know, it's not a matter of wanting it bad enough or wanting it, you know, severely enough. It's more about wanting it and being committed enough to it to change your approach, to reconsider your strategy, to grow, to become the person that walks into that kind of thing. To do the work to get it, basically. Yeah. 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 So, so, okay. So manifesting, whatever with the word, um, <laughs> I, 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 I feel you on that, but there yeah. really isn't a better word at this point. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it's becoming poppy, but whatever. Anyway, so with manifesting, the mechanics are imagining the thing or visualizing the thing and then pulling the energy up and attaching your orgasm to it. That's not really the right language. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's like but using like your orgasm to flow the vision, to, to yeah. pop it out of your to head. To fuel it. To fuel yeah, it. To fuel to it. There it. we go. There we go. So if you look at it like, um, you know, some people call, I think the, the Hicks family, they call it like desire rockets or something like that. Right, right, like right. Rockets of concept. desire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> something like that. Um, if you take that kind of idea and say like every time that you express a desire, you know, it, I believe, okay, this is actually goes back to marketing. Oh my God. Okay. So Bad. the whole first concept of soulmate clients was that if you are feeling compelled to create something, it is because someone else is compelled to consume it or experience it. Right. It's a divine equilibrium that like, that that keeps the earth moving up right like humanity moving up so if you're feeling a, a desire to create a course or even this podcast is because there is someone that wants to hear this kind of thing that wants to experience this kind of thing and the reason i believe that is actually due to etymology because if you look at the word inspire it means to breathe in to breathe in right so it if you look at that 
you know, you're breathing in this inspiration. And if you also read, um, there's a book called Big Magic. I haven't finished it, but I've heard that this is also in there. Um, that ideas come to you because you steward them, right? So when you are able to express um, a desire like that, and then the other side is there's something being created to to support it, it all that that's the same with sex, right? Like when you are putting out the desire through your orgasm, it is energetically activating the potential for a solution in the in the field, right? Because now there's a hole. Now there's something to fill. Now there's a, an offset in the equilibrium. And then people will will gather to support you, right? And this somehow is the part that people are like, mm. um, which I understand, which I understand. But the, the whole concept really stands to say there's 8 billion people now. Like anything is possible. We've seen anything as possible for better or for worse in this reality. It's all chaos. Everything is chaos, right? Like we can create, you know, magic from that or we cannot. And so when you start to really connect with the power of your desire and remain open to the possibility that it's going to come through in an unexpected and, and unorthodox way, then you walk around expectant of magic, you walk around expectant of good things. And then that in and of itself is, first of all, a better way to walk around. But two, it creates the, pers the perspective that you're looking for your solution rather than feeling defeated by it and feeling like it's impossible and feeling like there's no way and people, people don't want it. People don't, you know, it's not going to be a thing. Yeah, well, I really feel like we are on the, uh, the edge, the precipice of, of a new paradigm shift. Yes, um, do you yes. follow Adrienne Marie Brown? She's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, she does pleasure activism. Yeah, I was calling myself that for a second. But which is like so funny. needed in the world mm -hmm. because so many people are still stuck. I just call myself a hedonist. That works too. <laughs> <laughs> Same Same yeah. yeah, right. But if we don't start looking towards what is next, then we're going to mm -hmm. stay stuck in the mire of nonsense. Um, yeah. I want to yeah. talk a little bit about when you're using the sex magic for healing, mm -hmm. is it the same mechanics where you're envisioning something and then pulling it up and using your orgasm to fuel that? Or is it a different yeah, reality? It's a little bit different actually. Um, because the, my focus anyway, with the internal healing is more about regulation. So it is like, actually what am i feeling now what's going on do i feel tension in any part of my body it's kind of like body scan work um and really tapping into the now so it's less projected and less you know forward um the only part of it that is though is uh, you know in the process as a part of the process i do like people to ask themselves what they prefer to feel and that's really the only part that is going to take you out of the moment um because I, I teach that you can generate emotions on demand. <laughs> if you want to feel happy, like, you know, what makes you happy, go make yourself happy, right? If you want to cry, you go put on a sad movie, right? So that's normal for people, but doing it in a way that's like sacred and, and, and by yourself and like generating it without watching a bunch of stuff without distracting yourself, like generating it solo, um, 
it shows you that you can, which is a huge deal. Because if you're in the middle of a meltdown, you can stop and make a better choice. You can stop and make a better choice once you've practiced that enough, right? So you can stop the verbal spray or whatever is happening in that moment in its tracks because you know how to do that. So the only part of that, the sex magic for healing that is projected is more like towards the end of, you know, your session, you would say, well, how do I want to feel like when I wet, when I get away, you know, when I'm done with this and I get up and I go back to my day, what do I want to feel? And even just naming it oftentimes is enough because we'll do it. We'll take care of ourselves. We will. I trust our bodies to do that. I trust it. And so, um, but the rest of it is checking in with how you're feeling, doing a deep scan, like becoming real, especially if you're, um, you know, like becoming aware of your general area, like make sure you're not numb while you're doing this. Make sure you're not running through the grocery list while you're doing this, like really being here with yourself, even if it's a shorter session is better. You know, when you can't, it's like, it's like meditation when you just can't, like you keep going off. Okay. Walk away and do just don't do this unconsciously. Cause that's like the whole point. <laughs> I, I call that mastertation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people just zone out, um, which is, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not anti quick and dirty sex just to be completely honest. Okay. Oh, that I'm totally not has its that, place. Like, not every, not every sex has to be healing magical transformative sometimes it's just like i want a book and that's okay um but that's actually you know what i want people to be like owning their orgasm too that's another part of why i like that because if you own your orgasm and you know that you can give yourself that whenever you need to then you kind of always feel better resourced when you realize like the pheromones and the hormones and everything that's happening in um, orgasm, especially for women where there's so little research done on pleasure for women, um, barely any, right? So learning what you like with your own body is especially, I don't know, revolutionary <laughs> if you think about it. And so you feel well-resourced, you know that no matter what's going on, you can take care of yourself and get yourself at least back to center. That's something that you can do with the orgasm or without. But if you know you can do it with the orgasm and it feels good and it literally has the hormonal shifts that you do, literally put out, you know, good feel chemicals. So especially if you tend to struggle with like mental health or just like low serotonin production um, for whatever reason, like orgasm is like taking a little, you know, Xanax for a second and helping yourself calm down and create and you're creating these chemicals all on your own and learning to create these chemicals on your own so that you're able to do so whenever you need them yeah there's like a there's like a spiritual and emotional and then like a physiological level to the sex healing that's brilliant i love it i i love that you're teaching people how to figure that out because mm -hmm. there's so little education in the world there i mean there's no pleasure education you know except for folks like us who are stepping forward and saying hey there's there's a problem here um yeah. and yeah. and yeah the more people that are reached the better i mean yeah and imagine uh, this is i guess so worked up imagine especially people who are becoming parents not passing on this dogma right that is a changed world yeah that is a changed world for me i'm a much 
much better mother as someone who is aware of their kinky nature and takes care of themselves that way. Not only am I showing up better as a mother now that I know how to take care of myself, right? Because at the end of the day, this is a version of self-care, a big version of self-care, the most primal version of self-care, right? But then on top of that, I'm not going to teach my kids to be ashamed of their sex. I'm just not like they know the proper terms for things. They understand, you know, like that this is something to do as an adult. They understand the rules for exploring their own body in private around no one else, you know, because of the nature of the world. They understand these things. Um, and there's and I don't have to shame. There has the shame doesn't have to exist in the conversation at all. I can tell my kids the truth about the world and then inform them like how they can support themselves in a situation or whatever but shame doesn't ever have to be a part of the conversation and they can make those choices in a conscious and like you know lucid state yeah what what do you think the percentage of people that come to you are struggling with shame oh a hundred a hundred it's always shame it's always always shame it it can come from a lot of different places it can sound different but at the end of the day, the, the, Eve looked down and saw that she was naked. At the end of the day, that's what it was. Uh, that awareness of something is wrong with this. Eve was naked the whole time, you know? But when after the knowledge of good and evil, right, in the story of the Bible, right, like, which is all anecdotal and whatever for now. But the point is, the way it's painted, right, is this awareness of our nakedness caused shame. And being naked is not shameful right that it never was it never was until that moment as a repercussion so shame from the first moment that is introduced into the human experience as you know right even from that sense it was not necessary it was not based on who were you hiding from it's you and your husband you live here by yourself i would 100 percent walk around naked if it was just me and my husband walking you know what i mean like what they had no kids yet there was nothing like that so the you know the shame around the human body especially the woman's body and then the the painting it into like the temptation and 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 making it the responsibility of women to to regulate that about themselves so that other people didn't have to regulate themselves all of that starts with shame like the first thing so um it's always shame it just sometimes takes different shapes isn't it interesting that even folks who are energy workers, who are healers for other people, who are insightful and intuitive, are still struggling with their own shame? Yeah, it happens. And, um, you know, I think that shame kind of is like lodged down and then dislodges when certain events happen. And so it comes up for us to like not dissolve, but work through and feel and move through and all of that stuff and it comes up all like in chunks or whatever i i think that is there a possibility for someone to be totally shameless you know like 99 percent. you know i think that people can become aware of what like norms are and operate within them and still not have shame you, you get what i'm saying like you can consciously say okay i'm plugging into the matrix for this part for a conscious reason that I'm choosing, not because of shame. You got, like you can make the same decisions that you would 
in a shameful energy, but if you make it consciously and you're not abandoning yourself and you're not deserting your, your intuitive, you know, Hey, I want this. If you, if that comes up and you're acknowledging it and you're still, you know, choosing consciously to go a different direction for now and make space for that later, like that's, I think the most evolved version of all of this, where you can still operate within society, um, to a certain extent and then and then still honor your path still honor your work and everything that you're here to do but um in my bio i think i might have just take it off in spanish it just says shameless sinvergüenza which is actually uh something you call like it's it's an insult oh that's in spanish, interesting in the spanish language like um when you call some you call someone a sinvergüenza and it's like that person has no shame and it's literally a bad thing like you should have shame. Like, where's your shame at? You're missing it. And, and when you start to realize that shame is, especially uh, like, at that age is, is just there to help you be manageable by the people who are managing you as a parent, like, then you start to realize like, this is just, this is just how you want to control people is with shame, you know, and um, I opt out. <laughs> I opt out of that. i you're not going to control me by trying to make me demonize myself or villainize myself. Like I have too much. I fought too hard That's for my own mind. So fucking rock on lady. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really it. dig it. Um, I love the work that you're doing for the world and I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. I appreciate being able to actually converse with someone who's, you know, connected enough with this, with this topic because I went everywhere with you and you were able to hang, but most people are like, what are you even saying? You know, like it's too big. Um, so I appreciate like being understood. Yeah. Well, let's do while. it again. Like I'm super psyched. For this sure. has been fantastic. Yeah. So the last question that I ask everybody is what excites you? Oh, what excites me is the potential of seeing people who, who really thought they were, you know, beyond, that healthy relationship with themselves or they thought they were too far gone realizing that with like repeated effort and 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 true presence with themselves they can heal from anything from anything that they've gone through all it takes is learning how to sit with yourself to me that's like the most exciting thing because um i walked around most of my life feeling like too damaged to do anything meaningful on the planet and I, and I was wrong. Like I was wrong and I'm so happy that to know that. So that's what excites me when people do feel like they're that way and I'm like, "No, like we just got to sit for a couple months with this and you're going to in, in reality can completely change. Completely drastically beyond your wildest dreams. Everything is so in flux. You know, and it's just as likely for you to you know, experience magic as it is for you to experience chaos and, and stress. So when you start to realize that you are not beyond, you know, healing truly all the way through, then you start to carry yourself differently and create a whole different life. And that that's what excites me. That's fucking beautiful. You're beautiful. Yippee. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So good, right? 
Go find Nanette right now at thickmilfbaddy.com. And if you are listening in super early time, go check the show notes for the link to her Own Your Own Orgasm program, which starts on the 12th. Next time on What Excites Us, I will be chatting with my dear friend Wanda in the next of our series of Vocal Exhibitionist Tell All episodes. Be sure you're subscribed. You won't want to miss that one. If you're interested in being on the podcast as a guest for a tell-all or something else, let me know at whatexcitesus.com. You can click the button and record me a few-minute message. You can also use this to anonymously ask me a question, respond to the question of the week, or just let me know what you think, which you can also do on some podcast players as a review, which helps more people find us. And on the Patreon page, of course. What Excites Us is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Gwen Isaacs. All music is used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. This week it includes the theme song, The Vendetta by Steven Kartenberg, and Harmony by Polly Plus. And this is I Think I Started a Trend. And this is I Think I Started a Trend by Artemis Strong. Tickle.life hosts this and many other podcasts about sex and sexuality, as well as they have a bunch of other great content. Check them out. Thanks for listening. You guys rock. I so appreciate you. Mm-hmm.